Welcome to The Refresh from Insider, presented by WebEx by Cisco. I'm Rebecca Ibarra. And I'm Dave Smith, bringing you real-time news, fresh like live radio, but on demand like podcasts. Here's the latest. It's the 15th day of Russia's assault on Ukraine. Here's what you need to know today. President Biden today is moving to end Russia's most favored nation trading status with the U.S. If passed by Congress, that means higher tariffs on Russian imports, although that won't be an issue for certain trademark Russian goods, which Biden says will be banned altogether. Including seafoods, vodka and diamonds. And we're going to continue to squeeze Putin. The G7 will seek to deny Russia the ability to borrow from leading multinational institutions, such as the International Monetary Fund and the World Bank. EU and G7 nations are also planning to strip most favored nation status for Russia. Russia is digging in. It has expanded its aerial bombardment to new areas in the west of Ukraine. In that long Russian convoy that has been stalled outside of Kyiv, it appears to be maneuvering for a new assault on the capital. The mayor of Mariupol in the south says the city is in the midst of Armageddon, while the UN says it's received credible reports that Moscow is dropping cluster bombs on populated areas. That could be a war crime. Vladimir Putin has approved letting foreign fighters join Russia's war effort, although, of course, he doesn't call it a war. His defense minister says they've received more than 16,000 applications from foreign fighters. They appear to be mostly mercenaries from Syria and other Middle Eastern countries. Russia plans to deploy them alongside Russian-backed rebels in the east of Ukraine. Russia's prosecutor general wants to declare Facebook's parent company Meta an extremist organization, according to state media. The move comes after Facebook and Instagram suspended their normal ban against calls for violence when it comes to Russians invading Ukraine. A Meta spokesman told Reuters statements like death to Russian invaders will temporarily be allowed in Ukraine and some surrounding countries. China is backing unsupported Russian claims that it has discovered U.S.-funded biological weapons labs in Ukraine. Let me explain. Russia's foreign minister says the labs were making, quote, ethnically targeted biological weapons. Russia is even bringing the claim to the U.N. Security Council. The U.S. denies the story and says it might be part of a false flag effort by Russia to justify its own use of these horrible banned weapons. We're updating these headlines until 1 p.m. Eastern, so keep checking in. Coming up, we talk about cryptocurrency's influence on the conflict between Russia and Ukraine and the pros and cons that come with digital currencies during a time of war. WebEx is driving hybrid work by ensuring almost anyone, almost anywhere, can be seen, heard, and have the ability to contribute equally. Learn more at webex.com slash hybrid work. After 99 days in lockout, Major League Baseball and its Players Association finally reached a deal for a new collective bargaining agreement. The details only really matter to players and teams. What this means for you is that, yes, baseball is back on. Opening day is April 7th. 16 different teams will be in action that day, including the historic rivalry between the New York Yankees and Boston Red Sox. 
the very first licenses to run recreational cannabis dispensaries in New York will go to people with marijuana convictions. It's a big deal for weed and criminal justice advocates who say this could help the people who suffered the most under the war on drugs. The state's first weed shops are slated to open at the end of this year. And folks who were convicted before weed was legalized in the state a year ago and their families can get a head start. Florida lawmakers have passed a new bill that limits talk about race at work and school. The law prohibits any training that promotes the idea that people are either privileged or oppressed based on their race. Its goal is to eliminate the guilt and discomfort people feel when they hear about past actions committed by members of their same race or gender. The legislation expands Governor Ron DeSantis' anti-critical race theory agenda, and it's currently waiting for his signature. Elon Musk may be the world's richest man, but his partner Grimes says he doesn't live like it. In an interview with Vanity Fair, the singer says it feels like Musk is living, quote, below the poverty line. She says he wouldn't buy a new mattress when there was a hole in it, and that once she got by on only peanut butter for a week. Musk tweeted that he was giving up his personal belongings in May 2020. He rents a $50,000 prefab house from SpaceX, and there's no security. Though it is worth noting, Grimes herself is worth millions, and she now lives in her own place next door. If you're on the East Coast, get ready for lots of heavy rain and snow and wind. A weather system gathering in the South and Midwest is expected to intensify over the weekend. It could become a bomb cyclone, which, first of all, awesome term. Second of all, it basically just means you'll be seeing blizzard-like conditions, a ton of wind and precipitation, and maybe some lightning if you're lucky. You say, me llamo. What? That means my name is... The actor who played fix-it shop owner Luis on Sesame Street has died at 81. Emilio Delgado was also an accomplished stage actor, and he played Luis for over 40 years. That set the record for longest-running role for a Mexican-American in a U.S. TV series. As Russia continues to wage this war on Ukraine, Dave, one of the issues that has really come front and center is cryptocurrency. Yeah, the Washington Post actually calls it the world's first crypto war. I'm going to guess it's not the last. Yeah. And I mean, the promise of crypto or the main reason behind its existence is for there to be a decentralized currency, Mm -hmm. right? That means this currency is free of any government regulation, any sanction or the security of government backed banks. Right. It is unclear if crypto is actually good or actually bad in times of war. It seems like both Ukraine and Russia are benefiting from digital currency. But spoiler alert, this really is not clear cut. There is nothing about this that is all good or all bad. So, Rebecca, do you want to just run through the list of pros and cons for both sides with me? Yeah, I'll start with Ukraine. Last month, at the end of February, Ukraine, via the country's official Twitter account, announced it was accepting cryptocurrency donations to help fight the war against Russia. At last check, according to crypto watchdog Elliptic, uh, the Ukrainian government has crowdfunded a little over $50 million worth of crypto. Ukrainian officials tell the press they've received close to $100 million, So, you know, a bit of a difference, but still a lot of money. Mm-hmm. Um, Dave, can I take you on a quick detour before we continue? Sure. 
So the largest donation came from Julian Assange, the oh, infamous no. mm-hmm, the infamous founder of WikiLeaks. So he raised $52 million in an NFT auction for his defense, and he's donated $2 million of those dollars to Ukraine. I thought that was interesting. That is interesting. It's nice of him to donate to Ukraine, but the words NFT auction actually send a shiver down my spine. <laughs> Ukraine has used around $15 million of its crypto to buy important things, military gear like bulletproof vests and medical supplies, and other funds have been set up to help civilians evacuate, get food, get gas, and Ukrainians are using crypto themselves because financial institutions are now limiting access to bank accounts and foreign currency. One 27-year-old in Ukraine told Insider that his credit card stopped working, so now he relies entirely on crypto. Oh, wow. So, yeah, it's pretty cool. So crypto does make sure that people in Ukraine have access to money generally, and some are calling crypto a humanitarian tool that helps people in crisis. Yeah. Now, there are things that aren't very helpful uh, about crypto in Ukraine. Mm -hmm. Let's not forget that you need a computer or a cell phone and internet connection. So that might not work in a war-torn country. Uh, Mariupol has been without internet for a week. And experts told NBC News that Russia might attack all of the country's internet. Plus, there's a very steep learning curve to crypto. It's not as simple as opening a bank account. It's definitely not as straightforward as cash. And there are thousands of digital currencies, and they all work in slightly different ways. So if you need money super fast in times of crisis, crypto might not yet be the best answer. But there's another major con here, which is that Russia might also benefit from crypto. Since it is free of any sort of government regulation, Russians could theoretically use digital currencies to skirt sanctions that have been imposed on the country. I mean, Russia has already become a hotspot for illegal crypto activity in recent years, according to the Washington Post. Basically, Russians can move money around via crypto and force unknowing countries to do business with them because it can't be traced back to them. I also want to point, though, that there is one pro with Russia's access to crypto. Uh, Just because Putin started this war, obviously, that doesn't mean every Russian supports it. So Mm -hmm. there are people in Russia with no access to money who are forced to live in a crumbling economy, and they don't even want this war. So the fact that some crypto savvy Russian civilian has access, you know, to crypto might also be a good thing. So... To some, Rebecca, is crypto good or bad in times of war? It seems like it can be both. Mm-hmm. It, it can help the people who are being repressed or attacked, but it can also help the oppressors. So like most things, it's probably somewhere in the gray. That's it for now. Check back for the latest headlines anytime through 1 p.m. Eastern. The Refresh from Insider is produced by Frank Alito, Grace Eliza Goodwin, and us, Rebecca Ibarra. And Dave Smith. Carrie Donahue is our executive producer. Andy Bowers is head of audio at Insider. Thanks for listening. Have a wonderful weekend. <laughs>